Let me jump into the message. Got a lot I want to cover. <clears throat> We're in week three of a message series called The Warrior Within. The Warrior Within. And uh, really, it, it simply goes something like this. There's a warrior within each one of us. That God has created us with a, a spiritual destiny, if you will, to be a warrior. To stand up and to, to maybe step forward or, or however that may be, that you would be what, exactly what God created you to be. Maybe it's been lying dormant. Maybe it's been laying kind of lying underneath the, the surface, so to speak, and you've been going through life and it hasn't come alive yet in you. But there's a warrior within each one of us. I believe that with all my heart. That God is calling each of us to restore his heartbeat, not only in our own lives, but in the lives of those around us. That God is actually tapping us or, or, or prodding us or calling us, however, whatever word you want to say, he's calling us to be a part of what he's doing, that he's doing that. He's, he's doing that. He's calling that warrior within out of each one of us to, to restore the heartbeat and the purpose of heaven in each home, family, and life. And so we've been looking for the last couple of weeks, and we will for the next week or so, uh, into one life, one warrior, and that's the warrior called Gideon in the Old Testament, the book of Judges. And so we're going to go back to there. And Gideon, <clears throat> as I was thinking about it this week, because I think we do this, when we read Scripture, we tend to think that it's some kind of like superhero type story. It's not superhero type story, it's ordinary stories with a really super God. And sometimes I don't think we understand that maybe there's a Gideon sitting here today in this room that's just like the Gideon that we're going to talk about in the story from several thousand years ago. That somehow we would understand it's not some kind of far off distant land, never could be replicated, but just the opposite is that God is looking for just people, ordinary, everyday people. And Gideon was one of those. He was, he was just like us. He was trying to live in a time where survival was basically the goal. They were, he was just trying to get by. He's just trying to make it happen, just trying to see, man, can I get through the day? Can I, can I figure out a way to find my way through the, the maze called life and get to the point where it makes sense at some point? That's, Gideon was just like that. And Gideon was experiencing God in many times the same way that you and I experience. God just kind of shows up. He, he was there the whole time, but you didn't know it. God shows up, and he tries to get our attention. He tries to call us, if you will, to something bigger and something better. That's what God's doing. And so Gideon was that story, and so we've been looking at that in Judges chapter 6, and, and, and let me try to unpack it a little bit if I can. Judges chapter 6 verse 1, it, it starts the story off something like this, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. In other words, they just said, yeah, we don't really want to be a part of what God's doing, we want to do what we're part of, we want to do what we want to do, and, and that never works. That never works. I mean, if you think that somehow that works in your life, it just never, ever works out the way you planned it. And so they did evil, it says, in the Lord's sight. And so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. And by the way, sometimes when hard times comes in our lives or happens in our lives, it's not because God is trying to judge us to make us feel this intense pain. It's actually this, so that God could maybe, through his mercy, get our attention that we would run back to him. And so sometimes if you're in difficult situations because maybe you've done something or you've been a part of something and it's feeling kind of rough right now, that might be God's mercy and God's patience with you to somehow bring you back to a great place with him. That's okay. And so that's happening. So really what was going on is because of the rejection, they were in a time of desolation or destruction. It was getting hard. It jumped down a few verses. It says, so Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. And the Israelites cried out to the Lord. There's two things in there. Number one is that they finally kind of came to the end of themselves. 
I mean, the situation of life finally got him to the point where, okay, I want to listen. What's going on? <laughs> okay, I, I want to figure this out. What's going on? And sometimes that's what's happening in our lives, isn't it? It, it just gets to the point where it's life is kind of upside down, backwards, crazy, and stupid, and all those kind of things. And you finally go, okay, I want to listen. And that's what was going on in their lives. They were in a place of starvation. They were in a place where they were hungry. They were thirsty for something more that they couldn't seem to get a hold of. And they did the right thing. They cried out to God. They said, God, could you please? God, would you please, would you see us here in, in Bellevue, Papillion, and Sarpy County? Would you see us in this moment, in my life, in my situation? Would you see me right now? And they did the right thing, and they cried out to God. That was what they were supposed to do. And they came to the end of themselves, and jumping down, verse 11, it says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak, uh, under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joas the Abizrite, where his son Gideon, this is where Gideon becomes part of the story, was threshing wheat in a wine press. And what he was doing, he was literally, he was inside of this big, huge vat type thing, grinding somehow, I don't know if he had tools or what he was doing, but somehow he was trying to prepare or survive with making food for his family, but he's hiding. That's what he's doing, he's hiding. And so he's going there, and in the middle of this wine press, he, he was trying to keep it from the Midian. It says, when the angel Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, and this is our key verse for our whole series, says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I, I have this sense, if I was there and I was watching the story with Gideon and what was going on, I, I kind of feel like Gideon when looking over his shoulder like, dude, who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm hiding. You're looking at me and saying, I'm a warrior? You think I'm the guy? I mean, come on. Uh, are you like smoking something here? What's going on? I don't, that was kind of a joke, but anyway, that's just kind of. And so he, he, he's wondering what's going on, and really the story goes something like this. God was actively pursuing. See, God was actually going after him. I mean, God wasn't, and I think we need to understand something about God in this whole story, and in your life and in my life, is that God is actively pursuing. That God is actually chasing many of us. He's coming looking for us. Wherever you're at, wherever your situation, he's coming looking for you, trying to get your attention because there's a warrior within that God is trying to bring to the surface. And a lot of times we just don't see it. We don't recognize it. We don't know that that's going on. And so Gideon's in this situation where God is actively pursuing. He's hiding. And God's saying, wait a minute, I'm looking for somebody that would step up to the plate, somebody that would have courage, somebody that would accept the challenge, somebody that would respond to the call to be the warrior that I already see within you. And that's what he's doing. I, I think he's doing it today. I, I think that the next big step for us at Southridge is an army of warriors that say it's me. It's me, God. I'll do it. I know that you're calling me. You're wanting me to be a part of something so big, mighty, warrior. And really what Gideon had to do, and that we talked about this, is he had to accept who God defined him to be. And see, for a lot of us, we don't, you know, you ever heard this phrase? They haven't found themselves yet. They haven't figured out who they are. You know, and I, I just want to tell you as plain as I can, God already knows who you are. <laughs> He already knows what you're supposed to be. He already knows who you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be this warrior with him. You're supposed to be a part of something cool and amazing that God is doing. That's what he's calling you to. That's what he's calling me to. And so understanding that definition of what's going on. And so a mighty warrior, and then it jumps down to verse 14. It says, the Lord turned to him and said to Gideon, he's talking to Gideon, go in the strength you have, not his own strength. 
because he was talking about what he's going to give him. He's, he's doing something in him. Go in, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. And this little phrase, am I not sending you? Am I not with you? <laughs> am I not in the middle of all of this? Am I not doing something in your midst right now that will blow your mind if you just let it happen? I mean, that's what he, he's saying. And so all this going. So there was a warrior within in Gideon, and God was calling it out. God was tapping Gideon on the shoulder. And the first step, and we talked about it week one, was that we need to respond to the call of God upon our lives. And that simply means I have to trust God's definition of who I am. I have to say, okay, God, I can't see it, but I accept it. I understand that you're calling me something that I'm not a part of right now. You want me to be a part of it. And some of you today, you've got to start there. Just simply say, God, you're calling me to something I can't even see right now. Respond to the call. It was recognizing that God is doing something big and wants me to be a part of it. Wants me to be a part of it. And then last week we talked about the second step to uncovering the warrior within. And that was accepting and facing the challenge. Because then right from there, he had to go and do some crazy stuff. He literally had to sacrifice one of his father's bulls and tear down his father's altars. And it all had to do with restoring the relationship that God wanted him to have in the first place. And so I encourage you to go back and read that, go back and listen to that message. And so this week, we're going to take another step. We're trying to figure this out. And which leads us down the path of becoming a true warrior for God. And it's simply this. It's to have courage. To have courage to live as a warrior. To have courage to live as a warrior. Now, how many of you are like me? Sometimes you're just scared spitless. The rest of you are liars. <laughs> I mean, just we, we're, we're afraid. I mean, it, we, we can admit it. I mean, we're, we're just afraid of a lot of stuff. And being a warrior is dealing with the fear. It's dealing with the fact that we're afraid of some things. It's struggling through that. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about. But let me just ask you, what are you, what are you afraid of? I mean, my wife's afraid of mice. I mean, man, if I even act like there's a mouse. You know, every year we get like a couple of mice sneak out of the woods on our back and make their way in. I have no idea how they get in there. I think somebody just lets them in. You know, you open the door and they run in. You know, and they go to wherever my wife is. You know, it's like she's the, always the one that sees them. You know, ah, she's up on it. You know, she'll scream. If nobody was there, she'd probably be screaming on her bed or wherever she was until somebody came back hours or days later. <laughs> she's just afraid of that. You know, how about heights? You know, afraid of heights? You know, it's kind of scary, you know, heights. Or, or maybe getting a little bit more serious, you know, the dark. You know, scare of the dark. You know, I don't know. I don't want to single anybody out, but you still have to have the light on at night. The dark, or, or, or getting a little bit more serious, being alone. You know, that's what you're afraid of, just being alone. I think that's, that's a lot of people face that one. Or, 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 or maybe being broke, where you don't have any finances. <laughs> or maybe a big one, you're afraid of dying. You know, there's, there's all kinds of things. I mean, you could, you could just kind of start putting it in there. And maybe, I, and I think this is the biggest one. I think it's losing control. I think we have this incredible sense of fear in all of us. It says, I don't want to lose control. I want to be in control as best I can. Sometimes, and some people that take this to extreme, we call them control freaks, right? <laughs> but I mean, a lot of, we just don't want to lose control. I mean, that's, that's maybe the biggest one, and, and meaning that we're going to let somebody else call the shots. That's a big struggle, but yet 
with a, the warrior and the courage. We've got to deal with the fear. And so we've got to deal with this. Now, here's, here, let me give you a real quick heads up, though. <clears throat> to be daring or a risk, taper, risk taker is not the same thing as being courageous. Okay? That's not the same thing. You can be daring and be stupid. Right? I mean, you can do that. But you can't necessarily be courageous and be stupid. Because it has to do with honor and a cause. Like, I remember I was thinking about it. I, I've known lots of stupid people over the years. And I remember, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't speaking about anybody specific here today. <clears throat> but, but if you want me, want me to give you the names, I'll give them to you later. But uh, I remember years ago, we were at Harlan County Reservoir. And on the south side of Harlan County Reservoir is this massive cliff. I mean, it's probably as, as tall or taller than this room. I mean, we're talking 40, 50, 60 feet. I mean, it's up there. I mean, you, you jump off this cliff into the water, and you don't land right, you're going to get hurt. I mean, it's that high up. Well, you know, all of us daring young people, <laughs> you know, we're 18, 17, we're all up there. And you've got to take a run down the hill and just as far as you can jump. Because if you don't, the water's only like three foot deep right at the bottom. If you just step off and go like that, you're going to land about three feet of water. Right? But if you run and jump out there, you're going to land about 10, 15 feet, and you'll be okay. You know, you just got to kind of land it right. And so we're doing it, you know, you know, whoo, you know, screaming, yelling, hitting the water. And you can tell some of the people in the group, they're not as excited about it, but they want to do it. <laughs> you know? And we got one guy, his name is Mark, and, and he, he, he was the dumb one. <laughs> but he was daring. <laughs> he was daring. And so, sure enough, we're all chanting his name, Mark, 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 you know, and he's getting all caught up in the moment. I'm going to be daring, daring, daring. You know, we're talking like a 40, 50-foot run to do this thing, you know, and make sure you can jump way out there and land in the water. Well, he gets going running full speed, and about five feet from the edge, he changes his mind. And he tries to stop, and he stumbles, and he falls, and he just rolls over the edge. So we go all running up, looking over there, and he's just laying down there. We think he's dead. Well, he must have laid flat enough in three foot of water. It was one, like those guys that jump out and they land in a little pool. He must have did that perfectly because he gets up. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's daring but not courageous. Okay? I just want to point that out. Anyway. So, so don't, it isn't the same. All right? It's not the same thing. But Gideon was a warrior that was, being, that was having a struggle to be courageous in this time. I mean, that's, that's what he was struggling with, to be the, have this courage of the warrior. And I was just, so let's just talk about it for a few minutes. First of all, let's talk about when courage fails. When does your courage fail? When does it fail you? And, you know, what, what's the situation that makes that happen? And, and the, some of these are they're right out of the text from today. It's, first one is when we become paralyzed by the moment. When we... When we, when we feel like the situation has strapped us in. And Gideon was afraid of the situation. That's where he was. He was in the situation of the moment and he was paralyzed. It was hopeless. It was like, and his courage was gone. I mean, he was literally hiding. And so he was in that situation. He was hiding from the Mennonites. And here's the deal. He was hiding from responsibility. He was hiding from conflict. He was hiding from failure. <laughs> he was just paralyzed by it. He was paralyzed by a situation. And, 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 and I think this is what he was thinking. Maybe this thing, if I just stay here long enough, maybe it'll just go away. 
Have you ever been like that? That's kind of how we deal with courage or lack thereof. It's just, man, if I just kind of hide long enough, maybe this thing will go away. And the defining statement for Gideon was he was threshing wheat in a wine press. In other words, he was allowing his situation to dictate the, the fact whether or not he had courage or not. He was allowing the situation of his life to determine whether he was going to be courageous or not. And a lot of us, I think we live in a threshing wheat in a wine press because we've been paralyzed by our situations. God's going, wait a minute, I want you to be a warrior. I want you to be a warrior. And so for many of us, life situation has made us paralyzed, and we only dream of what could be. Life in, then becomes full of regrets. as I wish I could have, if only, or I should have, or I could have done that, but I was afraid. And I think that's a lot, where a lot of us are. We're paralyzed by the moment. The second one is this. We have a misconception about the heart of God. We have a misconception about the heart of God. See, Gideon was afraid. We'll read the text in just a second. But Gideon was afraid of God in the wrong way. He was, he was afraid of God that somehow God was up there and all God wanted to do was just zap people. And he didn't understand the heartbeat of God. He didn't get it. And so the, the text reads something like this. It says, when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, oh, sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I have seen the angel Lord face to face, and is it all right? It's all right, the Lord replied. Don't be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. And the altar remains in Ophrah in the land of the clan of Abizir to this day. And the whole point is this, is that God doesn't want to destroy any of us. Matter of fact, God is just doing just the opposite. He's saying, hey, I want to, I want to use you. I want, to, I want to do something in your life. And so the misconception many times is, God, does God even want to do this? Yes, God wants to do this. And so Gideon had a misconception about the heart of God. And the, the main point that we need to understand is that God is for us, not against us. See, one of the most common phrases throughout the entire Bible here, here, look it up yourself. It's one of the most common phrases in the Bible. God speaking to his people. You know what he says? Don't be afraid. <laughs> you know why he says that? Because people always think he's against them. He's not. God is not against you. He is for you. Do not be afraid. Here's another idea that we need to get a hold of that we misconceive is that God is actually with us. See, no matter what your situation is, no matter where you're at in life right now, no matter what's happened or what you think is going to happen or whatever, God is with you. He's right there. God is right there. He hasn't abandoned. And many times we just mistakenly think that God is not with us. And when we have these kind of misconceptions about God's presence and God's power, courage fails. Here's another one. When courage fails, we are controlled by what other people think. Nobody in here has ever done that, I'm sure, so I'm talking to a whole nother crowd. Another joke. I'm just trying to help you along here today. Lord, help us. But when we are controlled by what other people think, see, Gideon was afraid of his family. It says in verse 27, so Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded. He kind of was doing it. I mean, he did it, technically. But... He did it at night because he was afraid of the other members of his father's household and the people of the town. 
It's like, well, God, you know, God wants me to do this, but he's not going to really be able to watch out for me with everybody. Just somebody or some of them. And so this idea that, that somehow his family and the people around him were controlling him, it was paralyzing, not paralyzing, it was keeping him from the courage that he truly was supposed to have. And let me throw this out too. It's not just being a rebel. I mean, like, man, I'm not going to be controlled by anybody. Well, that, if you take that too far, you become a rebel without a cause. <laughs> and you get lost in that. And so it's not about just being a rebel. I don't listen to anybody. I do my own thing. God and I, you know, it's like, whoa, 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 chill out there. We're talking about when things are in opposition to God. And so this whole idea of being under God's control and not people is the issue because that'll take your courage. And so when we, when we are afraid of people, we will sneak out in the dark. In other words, we become sneakers instead of warriors. And that's not how God wants us to be. God wants us to be warriors that are not afraid of people, but warriors that understand that God is the big God here and he's doing things and I want to be a part of it. That's what I'm going to do. I came across this quote. I thought it was appropriate. It says, don't let someone else create your world. For when they do, they will always create it too small. Let me say that again. Don't let someone else create your world. For when they do, they will always create it too small. So, that's when courage fails. How about when courage is needed? How about when courage is needed? Go something like this. When is it most needed? Let's ask that question. When is courage most needed? I mean, really, it's at the moments where we're most challenged, right? When, when is courage most needed? Is it when everything's going great and everything's smooth and there's nothing really going on? No, it's in the middle of the battle. It's in the middle of the difficult time. It's in the middle of the situation that seems out of control. It's in the middle of that that I need courage the most. And so I need courage at certain times more than ever. And here I just threw out a few of them just as I was thinking through them. First of all, we, we, need, we need courage to, to stand up for truth. See, living a lie destroys life. It's just a simple truth. Living a lie destroys life. Matter of fact, Jesus said this. He said, the truth will set you, anybody know the end? Free. I mean, all of a sudden, there's this idea that truth has this incredible ba- value, but when we let truth go, and we don't have courage to stand for that, when we lose something. That's what was happening with Gideon. The truth was being lost, and because truth is the foundation of life, and courage emerges from a conviction of truth. I know this to be true, and therefore I'm standing up for it. Not as an attitude like, hey, I know everything and you know nothing. It's no, this is life. I mean, if you know something to be true about somebody and it's going to hurt them or kill them or destroy them, then at some point the courage says, I have to do something about it. That's not true. It's hurting people. It's destroying people. I have to do something about it. It's speaking the truth in love. It's being a part of that. See, you can't be a warrior with courage and have an everything goes kind of attitude. So you can't, you can't be this warrior that God is calling you because the challenge is for truth to rule and reign in people's lives. The truth will set you free. I can't have this, ah, it doesn't really matter. Ah, who cares? Everything goes. When you get there, you're missing it. It's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not courage. That's wimp. <laughs> That's something else. Somehow that's got to be a part 
of what's going on. And so you can't be a warrior with courage and have an everything goes attitude. And, and the only difference between a warrior and a wimp is simply courage to follow through on what you know to be true. See, kind of won't cut it. And see, when I need courage the most is when the challenge of truth is at its greatest. I need to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. The truth is, is life is in Christ. Life is not in the, all this other stuff. So courage is needed. N- next one here is this. When courage is needed is when we need to have courage to change. Have courage to change. See, a, a warrior realizes A warrior realizes if life is messed up, you can't keep doing the same things. See, see, a warrior just realizes, warrior realizes, wait a minute, we can't keep going this way. I mean, you know, you've all heard the old definition, the, the definition of insanity is to know to do something different and continue to do the same thing. It's like, that's insane. So you can't be that. And the warrior is willing to change. Nothing is more sad than to see a life that is lived that would never make adjustments along the way. That's a sad story. That's a sad story because somehow the warrior within never came out. The warrior within never said, I need to change. I need to change my attitude. I I need to change my perspective. I I need to change what I see as the goal of my life. I need to change. And see, the warrior realizes that it's courage to change. And, and I get a hold of that to change my pace, for example. Warrior understands that maybe I need to change how I'm doing life. <laughs> how I'm responding to people. Maybe it needs to be changed. It's all kinds of stuff. Here's another one. We need to have courage to admit need. To admit need. It takes a lot of courage to come up and say those that little word, right? I'm wrong. <laughs> Go ahead and try it. I'm <laughs> Yeah, some of you haven't said that in 35 years. Come on, give it a shot. <laughs> it's okay. Man, if you're going to have courage, you got to say, I'm wrong. I need something. I need help. There's more to life than just existing. I tell you what, the greatest people that I know and the most courageous people I know are those that are just gut-level honest with where they're at and what they're struggling with. They're willing just to lay it online and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. I need some help here. And just the opposite, the people that I know and I'm looking at them, and you know those kind of people, you look at their lives and you go, oh, man, you really need some help. And they just don't act like they need help. They don't want any help. They never tell. Everybody knows it but them. And you're like, wait, what's up with that? Well, they don't have the courage. It's needed. That's the challenge, to admit their need. And see, the goal is not to just get by. We need courage so that we can face the reality that I'm not perfect and I need help. See, some of us today, we're in situations where we've got all kinds of problems going on in our lives, and nobody knows. We've got all kinds of situations going on in our lives, and nobody knows. I mean, you've gotten so good, you've you've spent a lifetime in being able to put all the pieces up so it looks like everything's just right. But really, courage is admitting I've got a need, and I need somebody to help me. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your mind, you're just struggling with thoughts and ideas or whatever it may be. 
But somehow, some way, you got to come to the point where courage says, I have a need. I admit it. I admit it. I have a need. The next one there is we need to have courage to make the hard decisions. Hard decisions come basically in a couple ways. Yes and no. <laughs> I mean, somehow we got to realize that there's things that are going on in our lives that we might need to really be just saying no. I can't do that. And there's other things in your life where you've been asked by either God or somebody, you know this is what you're supposed to be a part of and this is what you're supposed to be doing. It's the hard decision and you haven't said yes. Maybe it's I need to forgive that person. I need to say yes. That's a hard decision. Maybe it's I, I need to give somebody something and God's been dealing with my heart about giving something away and I haven't been willing to do that. It's a hard decision because it costs me something. God's speaking to you about that, and he's calling, you to, calling the warrior out because you have to have courage to make the hard decision to be responsible when everybody else is not. It's not about what everybody else is doing. It's not about if everybody else is making the decision. It's the decision that you're supposed to make that God is calling you to, to res- be responsible, to make that tough call when you know it's going to cost you something. Because here's what I realized. Most of the tough decisions cost me something. It cost me my ego. <laughs> cost me my pride. My, my cost me financially. I mean, the tough ones cost something. But see, courage says it's okay. I, it, it isn't about the cost. It's not about what it might cost me. It's the fact that I have to make that decision because it's the hard decision. And courage is challenging me to do it. I have to do that. And so we need to have courage to make the hard decisions. Now, let me wrap it up with this this last bit here. And that's the answer. So the answer today. Finding courage. Finding courage. Judges chapter 6, verse 33 and 34. And Gideon, by the way, I encourage you to go through and read the entire story. Six chapter, Judges 6, 7, and 8. And just read the whole thing. Just read the whole story. But Judges chapter 6, verse 33 and 34, I think, are the answer of what's going on in Gideon and what needs to go on in each one of us. And so here's what happens. So soon afterward, the armies of Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east formed an alliance against Israel and crossed the Jordan. In other words, what was bad just got worse. I mean, all of a sudden he's saying, yeah, I accept the challenge. Yeah, I know I'm supposed to be this warrior. And you'd think as soon as he said that, man, everything just got, whoo, man, this is a piece of cake. It got worse. It got intense. It got more intense. Because here's what's going to happen. There's always going to be an opposition to you being a warrior. There's always going to be a challenge to you establishing God's heartbeat in your life, in your family, in everything you are. There's always going to be a challenge. Guarantee it. And so that's where he was, and all this is going on. And then it reads on, it says, Then the Spirit of the Lord, then the Spirit of the Lord took possession of Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord took possession of Gideon. He, and then it goes on, he blew a ram's horn as a call to arms, and the men of the clan of Abizar came to him. And then it goes on a few verses later, it says other guys came too. I mean, all these people started coming. So there's a couple things that are happening here. And first, the question, though, is where will you find the courage to be the warrior that God wants you to be? 
If that's what I need, if I need this, this ability to stand up for truth, and I, I have to have this courage to change, and I need to admit need, and I need all these things I just talked about, where am I going to get this at? I mean, most often, you know, what we hear from those around us is you just need to self-will it. <laughs> you know, click your heels, snap your fingers, do a little thing. Did it work? Oh, click your heels, snap your fingers. I mean, that's what we think has got to happen. And so we try that, and we try that, and we try that. And I don't know about you, I've tried that. It doesn't work. I get more frustrated than courageous. <laughs> I get to the point where I was like, this is stupid. What am I doing? You know, I'm just like, ah. And then there's a handful of people that are really good at it because they do this really good, and they click their fingers, they come around, and they go like that, and it's kind of. So they say, well, it's good enough. <laughs> like, ah, I don't want that. And so it's like, where will I find courage to stand up? And here's the answer. For Gideon, it was found in complete surrender to the Spirit of God. That's where it was. And you're filling a blank in is there is that we give control to the Holy Spirit. Whoa, man, that's getting kind of freaky here. Well, here's the deal. God is Spirit. What God does, does through the Spirit. So if I'm going to be a part of what God is doing, I've got to be connected with the Spirit of God. Now the text says for Gideon that actually the Holy or the Spirit of the Lord took possession of him. Literally what that means is that he was clothed with or under the control of the Spirit of God. See, some of us, we're trying to do it in our own power. We're trying to make this thing happen. I'm going to be courageous. I'm going to be courageous. And you're running to jump off the cliff and it's all just you. You're trying to make it happen in your own power, and it's not working the way you think it should. Well, the problem is, is the wrong person still in control? And so finding courage to be the warrior of God calls you, to be, calls you and I is not found in self-will, but in self-surrender. It's self-surrender. It's being yielded to the Holy Spirit's power in my life. It's being yielded to God flowing through me. Because if it's all about me, I don't know about you, but I can guarantee you, I am not going to do really well if it's just me. It just isn't going to happen. So somehow there's got to be something more, and somehow it's got to be something. Because what changes what Gideon was to what Gideon is and what you are and what you're going to be as a warrior is because the Spirit of God is flowing through your life. And see, here, here's what happens then. Because I'm yielded to the Spirit's power in my life. The Holy Spirit brings things like peace. Anybody need a little peace in life? The Holy Spirit brings things like confidence. This can happen. I don't know how, but it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to take place. I don't know what's going to work. Confidence. The Holy Spirit brings things like boldness. All of a sudden, man, I can't believe how bold I was in that situation. Man, that was a difficult, crazy situation. But there was boldness there. The Holy Spirit brings something like determination. You take a couple gut punches, you take a couple face punches in life, and you just say, hey, bring it on. Because <laughs> the Spirit of God does that in your life. The Spirit of God. And so the Holy Spirit is the one who gives me courage to stand. All throughout the Bible, the answer from God is the same. And here's the answer. God in you, the hope of glory. It's allowing him, Lord, 
come by the Spirit of who you are and rule and reign. You say, well, how do I do that? I begin to yield myself to, that, to, to the Holy Spirit's leading. In other words, God, what do you want to do here? <laughs> because when I start saying yes to that, all of a sudden God begins to do stuff. That starts happening. So the Holy Spirit erases the fear that's in my life. And I, and I, let me, I want to wrap this up, but here, I feel like I just need to say, some of you got this deer in a headlight kind of look in your eyes. This is how it works with God. It's not about how well you can do Christianity. It's how much you can surrender to God to flow through you. That's how it works. And so when we, we start to get a hold of that, we go, oh, wait a minute. I've been doing this all wrong. I've been trying to make it happen. It's not about making it happen. It's about allowing God to flow through you to make it happen. And I'm going to give control to God. To, took possession of him. Second point is this. So what happened in Gideon? He went public with his decision. He went public, man. The guy was afraid he was doing stuff at night. Now he's up standing on some hill blowing trumpets. There's a difference in what's going on. Why? Because he's allowing the warrior to come out and the courage to come out. Now he's going public with his decision because courage is living out your faith for all to see it. It's not like it's a secret. That's what happens. And the last one is you begin to challenge those around you to have courage. Let me just say it this way. I believe with all my heart that courage is contagious. I believe why we have so many times no courage in our homes because nobody's being courageous. <laughs> I believe there's nobody standing out, hey, wait a minute, let's take that mountain, let's go get it. All of a sudden, because courage breeds courage when he said hey let's take them out all of a sudden now people are coming yeah I, we're just waiting for somebody to be the warrior that we can fall, follow i think in some of our homes and some of our jobs and some of our situations people are just waiting for somebody to have courage so courage breeds courage and so we need to make the move to do something courageous and it challenges others to be courageous so as the worship team comes and we get ready to respond, what truth do you need to live out? What truth do you need to live out? What, what truth do you need to stand up for? Where is the lie alive and the truth dead in your life? What truth do you need to live out? Here, here's another one. What, what needs to be changed? <laughs> you know? Write down your top three. My top three things that need to be changed in my life. <laughs> what needs to be changed? My schedule? I mean, what, what is it? What, what needs to be changed? Or is it time for you to admit your need for help? I mean, is today finally the day where you're like, man, I'm so tired of trying to make it look like it's all cool and everything's fine. I'm going to tell somebody. I'm having a hard time. I need help. Is it time to do that? What needs to be changed? It's time to admit your need for help. What hard decision are you putting off that needs to be made? Whether yes or no, what is it? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for an ordinary life like Gideon to be an example for us today.
God, you are moving and working in his life. And I pray right now that, God, you would begin to stir in this room and stir in our lives, Lord, a desire to respond with courage, to say, Lord, we give you the control. I've been kind of trying to do it on my own, God, and it's not working. And so, Lord, I say, here it is, God, I give you the control. I surrender and yield myself to your spirit, to your truth, and to your way. Lord, may we be a courageous people for your honor and for your glory. May this room be full of Gideons, God. Let it be so. In Jesus' name, amen.